You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Stem cell research is one of the hottest topics in research and in the media today. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, Professor of Surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. James L. Shirley, Associate Professor of Biological Engineering at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Dr. Shirley is a recognized expert in the field of adult stem cell research. Welcome, Dr. Shirley. Thank you for having me on the show. Today we are discussing stem cell research. Dr. Shirley, to make it simple for all of us physicians, what do we really do with these stem cells and what diseases do we treat and how would we treat them with these stem cells? So currently, for embryonic stem cells, I'm not aware of any treatment in people. And that's true even though it's possible now to make human embryonic stem cells, but I'm not aware of any. Now, there's been therapy with stem cells for many years. The most well-developed and probably, you know, the best example is bone marrow transplantation. The bone marrow contains uh, an adult stem cell type that's responsible for giving rise to all of the different mature cells in the blood, and that cell is called a hematopoietic stem cell. And when bone marrow is transferred from one person to another, the reason it works to reconstitute the recipient's bone marrow for whatever reason that it's missing is because of the activity of the hematopoietic stem cells, which are able to divide and give rise to all the mature cells in the blood system. Now, there's been a lot of developments based on bone marrow transplantation. Now we have things like mobilized peripheral blood based on using growth factors. And the basic idea there is that you treat a donor of Sometimes it's an autologous donor, but you treat someone with a growth factor. What that growth factor does is it makes the hematopoietic stem cells move from the bone marrow out into the blood where they can be collected and then used to repopulate a person who needs a blood system. So that's really the best example I think that physicians will be familiar with. The other one I like to tell people is because people don't appreciate it is that when you give someone an organ transplant, you gave them a stem cell transplant. What because, do you mean by that? Well, if the organ doesn't have active, functional, normal stem cells, that organ is not going to continue to function like a normal organ. And what I mean by that is that even as having gone to medical school myself and looked at lots of tissue slides and saw lots of histological sections, it was only years after medical school, I think, that I had an appreciation that tissues are dynamic and that each of our tissues, especially the epithelial tissues, are undergoing a constant turnover where new cells are being made. They are developing and turning into functional mature cells. They do whatever their function is, be it transplant or electrical conduction or whatever. And then at some frequency, they get old and they die and they're lost in the tissue. So the adult stem cells in the tissue are responsible for the continuous replacement of these cells that are being lost. Other than the hematopoietic system and transplantation, what other organ systems would be involved in adult stem cell research? Well, I think there are a lot of cases where right now, where if you think about organs that are being transplanted, if you think about liver transplants, and, and in general, organ transplant has one big problem, not enough donors. So you can imagine a scenario where a, a person has an injury to their liver, but at some earlier point in time, liver cells were removed and they were stored or they were in fact expanded as liver stem cells. And then 
at some later time when there's an injury, those cells might be used to give to that patient to solve the problem of not having that organ. Can we do that theoretically, at least at this point? I don't think we can do it theoretically because, you know, with, with the way the anatomy works in organs, it's a bit more complicated than just giving stem cells. We have to learn a lot more about how stem cells are not only function to make new cells, but how the whole system functions to make an organ. But there are some examples, I think, if you think about things like um, skin grafting, where if you're going to have skin that's going to have the best properties, like normal skin, having skin stem cells could really help because stem cells are able to not only make the epidermis, but they also are involved in making things like the hair follicles and sweat glands that make skin more functional. So I think uh, certainly skin is an opportunity there. I wouldn't necessarily call this a clinical need, but you know, there are a lot of people interested in hair transplant. And um, the hair follicle stem cell, one could imagine, uh, might be a, a form of therapy for baldness and for situations like that. And on the other side of the coin, proponents of the embryonic stem cell research, what clinical applications would they have? Well, I've taken the position, based on the biology of adult tissues, that embryonic stem cells are never, that's a word I don't like to use very often, going to provide effective therapies in mature tissues, children and children and adults. That's a strong statement, doctor. It's a pretty strong statement. But I I think when you think about the biology, it it makes perfectly good sense. What I described earlier for adult stem cells was this need for a cell to be able to remember the architecture of a tissue, divide and give rise to the mature functional cells in the tissue, but never change itself. And this process is referred to as asymmetric self-renewal. Every one of our tissues, which is constantly turning over, but it doesn't change the way it looks, is because the adult stem cells retain the program for the tissue. They divide and replenish the tissue, but they retain the memory of how to make the tissue. They themselves don't change. So if you're going to repair or cure a cellular problem in a tissue and organ, you have to instill that property of asymmetric self-renewal. And embryonic stem cells, because of their very nature, being embryonic, lack this ability. So when embryonic stem cells, either in culture or in vivo or in any setting, give rise to cells which are different, they themselves change. So if you take an embryonic culture of embryonic stem cells and you induce differentiation, within a short period of time, there will be no embryonic stem cells in that culture. If you take embryonic stem cells and put them into Let's say we we, we solve all the problems. We can put them into a tissue. They do not form a complex tumor. They will produce the mature cells in that tissue, but they will change, and there'll be no source of replenishment. So the only way one could use embryonic stem cells would be to give injection after injection after injection, and one can't really get to what you want, which is a stable repaired or cured tissue. So the fundamental problem is is that embryonic stem cells, because they are embryonic in their nature, can't solve the problems in adult tissues because they lack this property of asymmetric self-renewal. Is that a general consensus? I'm waiting for a scientist to, when it's pointed out to them, to disagree with it because it's just basic biology. I have addressed this issue. How do we get into this situation? I mean, it's a rather embarrassing situation to be in to be telling people that these cells are going to be used for curing mature tissues when, in fact, they could never do that. The progression that got us here is understandable. We have scientists who are working in embryos, who are working in embryonic development. Science is fairly well segmented. They're not necessarily well-versed in what's required in adult tissues. And so it's completely reasonable to say, aha, I have a cell which can make every tissue in the body 
surely this is going to be helpful for curing problems in mature tissues. But in fact, when you realize what's required in a mature tissue to do that, you quickly realize that embryonic stem cells can't ever do it. Now, here's what the public is faced with, though. If you ask me whether or not studying embryonic stem cells will tell us anything about human biology and will there be important discoveries in terms of understanding the nature of human life, the answer to that is absolutely yes. But that isn't what's been promised to the public. What's been promised to the public is cures for children and adults, and that is what won't happen. We might learn something about embryonic development, and how to deal with embryonic illnesses, but not mature ones in children and adults. If you could be the devil's advocate for a second, uh, what would the proponents of embryonic stem cell research say? The response is, well, there are some adult therapies that we could make with embryonic stem cells. For instance, this problem of not having enough, not having enough blood. If you wanted to make red blood cells, I mean, red blood cells for transfusions is one of the um, targets that's out there right now. Well, the idea is that you take the embryonic stem cells, which you can make in large numbers, and you use them to make hematopoietic stem cells, which can give rise to blood cells, to red blood cells. So the, the idea is that you use the embryonic stem cells to make the adult stem cells, which you can then make in large number, and then use the adult stem cells to make the mature cells that you could use in mature tissues. So turn the embryonic stem cell into adult stem cells. And the advantage is that, again, you could have lots of embryonic stem cells, and then you could have lots of hematopoietic stem cells, which are hard to get right now. The problem with this, I think, is that it's both scientific, and I would also say it's a moral issue as well. The scientific issue is this. The kinds of embryonic stem cells that are proposed for this are cloned embryonic stem cells. And what that means is these are embryonic stem cells that are not made by dissociating embryos from in vitro fertilization. These are embryos that are made from taking an egg removing the nuclear material, putting in a somatic nucleus, and inducing it to form an embryo. Those types of things in mice are known to have defects in gene expression. So those same defects would carry over into the adult stem cells that were produced. Can adult stem cells de-differentiate and then have the pluripotential of embryonic stem cells? Well, I don't know if adult stem cells specifically can can do that, but it's likely, I think, because of some recent work that's come out of several laboratories. The first one, a Japanese laboratory, showing that you could take in the mouse, as far as they know, non-stem cells, uh, differentiated fibroblasts specifically, and by putting in and expressing a set of four different genes, those cells could have then the properties of pluripotent cells. Recently, Right here at MIT, one of the laboratories here, as well as the Japanese laboratory, have gone even further to show that the cells that are produced by this reprogramming approach have properties that are almost indistinguishable from normally produced embryonic stem cells. Do you think that will be the future? Well, again, for scientists, this is just wonderful because the tools are here to try to understand what governs potency. But in terms of applications for patients... There are many problems. The biggest one is those four genes that were put in to make the change in the cell's behavior. Those are carcinogenic problems. A lot of the cells that are being produced are tumorigenic. And the second problem is the one I alluded to earlier, and that is that you don't need the pluripotency to be able to cure tissues one by one, organs one by one. You simply need to have the cell that can maintain the organ. And so these cells will have the same complications because of their pluripotency, 
as embryonic stem cells. And I think, again, I think the research is very interesting and we, we should pursue it. And if people think this is going to be a way of avoiding destroying embryos, I think we should pursue it. But we need to keep our mind focused in terms of coming up with better therapies for people. We need cells, which are the cells which are currently in our bodies responsible for maintaining our tissues. We need to understand better how they work and develop better technologies for taking them from one person who has plenty of them that are in good shape and expanding them to study and to be used in other patients who are in need of them. If we're talking about trying to get better therapies in people, we need to really focus on adult stem cell biology. I want to thank Dr. James Shirley, who has been our guest. We have been discussing stem cell research. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.